Welcome to the Word of God with Father Reed Henserling at All Saints Episcopal Church. We are going to talk this week about the 8th Sunday after Pentecost, 8th Sunday after Pentecost, starting on Sunday, July 26th, 2020, through Saturday, August 1st, 2020. For those of you that are following the lectionary, the daily lectionary, the Book of Common Prayer, it's at the end of the Book of Common Prayer, the daily lectionary, year two, year two, proper 12. The Sunday is the eighth Sunday after Pentecost. We celebrated Pentecost in May. And of course, we're counting down until we get to the last Sunday after Pentecost, which comes directly before the Sundays in Advent, and that will be in December of this year. Now, we're looking at three major texts this week. We are looking at Judges, Acts, and the end of Matthew. Judges, Acts, and the end of Matthew. And we have quite a few other scriptures that I want to go over with you. There's a couple of wonderful texts in Joshua, from Joshua 24, and from the end of Romans, Romans chapter 16. And interestingly, on Sunday, we're looking at Acts 28. So, again, I want to encourage you to be reading your Bible on a daily basis. And the Daily Lectionary gives you three excellent readings to read from on a daily basis. Now, as we move into August, we will be for some time in the book of Acts and then we will move into the book of John next week, the book of John as we start the ninth Sunday after Pentecost. And then we will move into and stay into Judges for a little while. So we've got the history book, Joshua and Judges. We've got the letter of Paul that we saw for a long time on Romans. And then we move into the book of Acts, which has got 28 chapters. So we're going to basically go through all of Acts and then start in a new gospel. So let's go to Joshua 24, which we see on Sunday. Now, Joshua 24, 1 to 15 on Sunday, and on Monday the 27th, it's 16 to 33. It's actually a very, very important chapter in the Bible. Remember Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and then we have the book of Joshua. And remember we've said that in Joshua he is the appointed, anointed, appointed and anointed leader after Moses to deliver the land that God had promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to the Israelites. But there were people in the land that he had to defeat. And at the end, in chapter 24, very famous, he says, and these are some really good scriptures for all of us. Let me just read a few for you. Verse 14, now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Boy, that's a beautiful verse. Fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Verse 15, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. That's it. Joshua 24, 15 is a banner in my house, is a plaque on my house with those words. So that we are constantly reminded who are we going to serve? Are we going to serve the gods of this world? Are we going to serve the Lord? Now, as we move into the next day, 16 to 33, verse 19, he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. Verse 25, on that day, Joshua made a covenant for the people 
and there at Shechem he drew up for them their, uh, up for them decrees and laws. And so this document became a witness if they obeyed the Lord, and of course it became a curse if they did not. So chapter 24 in Joshua, which is the last book of Joshua, is a beautiful chapter. I hope you enjoy reading that. Now, after Joshua, we move into the book of Judges. Now, the book of Judges is wonderful because now we're going to be looking at the rulers, all right? So Joshua has done an excellent job in terms of securing for the people of Israel the land. And now Joshua's people, the Israelites, are going to live in the land. And they need to be, they need to have leaders. They need to be governed. They need to be led And so God raises up what we call judges. And the area is divided into 12 units, according to the 12 tribes of Israel. Now, the key chapter here is chapter 2, which we find on Tuesday. And I don't have enough time because I've only got a small amount of time to go with three books of the Bible. But I want you to pay close attention in your reading to chapter 2, of Judges, 1 through 5 and 11 to 23. 11 to 23 is wonderful. And it's the reason that God raised up Judges in verse 16 and what happens when they disobey the Lord. And this extraordinary cycle of belief and finding God and repenting, but then sinking back in their sin. Verse 19, when the judge died, the people Return to ways more corrupt than those of their father, following other gods and serving and worshiping them. They refuse to give up their evil practices and their sinful ways. Please read to the end of that chapter, chapter 2 of the book of Judges, and you'll find that scripture on Tuesday. And it shares with you the cycle that the writer wants us to have. All right, when we look at Judges chapter 3, we'll be doing that on Wednesday. And there's a judge called Ehud or Ehud. And it gives you kind of a flavor for God raising up a judge and what he does, he, God, does with that judge. In chapter 4, we have Deborah, who is a woman, of course. And God raised up women to lead. God raised up judges that were women. And so you'll want to look at that and see how God uses women to lead others. In Judges chapter 5, on Friday, we have the song of Deborah and how the Lord used her. She was a wonderful person and a wonderful leader. And finally, on chapter 5, we can we continue on Saturday with the um, song of Deborah, verses 19 to 31. Verse 31, may all your enemies perish, O Lord. May all those who love you be like the sun when it rises in the strength. Then the land had peace for 40 years. So she was an excellent judge. She did a great job. The people had peace. So one of the things that you want to notice when you read the book of Judges is you'll see how God blessed the land when the judges were favorable to the Lord and supportive of the Lord. It's very important. Now, when we look at the book of Acts in the New Testament, first we'll finish chapter 16 of Romans. Chapter 16 of Romans, the last book of Romans, of course. And we find a long listing of people that served in ministry in the first 
um, the first verses from 1 through 16. And then on Tuesday, verses 17 to 27, there are some wonderful scriptures here. I urge you, brothers, to watch out, verse 17, for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you've learned. Keep away from them, for such people are not serving our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. Verse 25. Now to him who is able to establish you by my gospel and the proclamation of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God, so that all nations might believe and obey him, be the only wise God, be glory forever and ever through Jesus Christ. Amen. Beautiful, beautiful line. So look very closely at this Tuesday reading from the book of Romans. It's a beautiful reading as he rounds out his discussion of Romans. Then we begin in Acts. And I hope you've read Acts before, and I hope that you will enjoy our reading of Acts as we begin another book of the Bible. The book of Acts on Wednesday, Thursday, we look at chapter 1, and on Friday, we look at the day of Pentecost in chapter 2. And Paul's and Peter's address in the second half uh, of chapter 2, which we find on Saturday. So Acts has got a beautiful, lot of beautiful uh, words here. Jesus' ascension in verses 1 through 11. Matthias is chosen to replace Judas. Remember, Judas, one of the twelve, betrayed Christ. And Matthias was chosen. And they drew lots. And we find how God used uh the method of choosing lots to raise up a leader like Matthias. Now, the Lord had told, Jesus had told them to wait in the upper room until he came. He had something for them, and we see the beginning of Pentecost. I referred to Pentecost earlier in the, um, early in the teaching when we spoke about Pentecost being celebrated at All Saints in May. The Spirit of God comes down. They spoke in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Verse 4. And then Peter stands up and addresses the crowd. Peter stands up and addresses the crowd. He shares with them scriptures from the Bible and shows that Jesus Christ, whom they crucified, verse 22, was accredited by God by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God himself did. This man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge, and you put him to death. God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, verse 24, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. So he quotes another scripture. And we have this beautiful text through verse 36 on Saturday about the coming of the Holy Spirit and the radical change that we see in the disciples and in the message of the gospel which ties in the Old and New Testament and shows that as the Spirit is unleashed, he's going to transform the world. Verse 33, Exalted the right hand of God, Jesus has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. So Jesus is exalted to the right hand of God. He's on the, next to the throne of God, next to God Almighty. He's been raised into heaven, Acts chapter 1. The Holy Spirit comes down and the world will never be the same again. So very important scriptures in Acts and a beautiful scripture at the end of Romans. Now when we look at our 
Matthew reading this week, we are looking at the end of Jesus' life. And we start in Matthew 27, 24 to 31 on Monday. Matthew 27, and that is verses 24 to 31. 24 to 31. Matthew 27, 24 to 31. And so they mock Jesus, and then they crucify Jesus. And then in verses 45 to 54 on Wednesday, we find that they put him to death. And we have the last seven words of Jesus, which we celebrate on Good Friday, every Good Friday. And we think about and we reflect upon the death of Jesus for all of us. And so Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John each have an account of the death of Jesus. It's very stirring. It's very beautiful. It's very powerful. And, of course, for you, Jesus' death for you. Then Jesus is buried. We see that in, on Thursday, chapter 27, 55 to 66. Now, we know that Jesus died. They took him off the cross. And as evening approached, in verse 57, a man rich man from Arimathea called Joseph, who had himself become a disciple of Jesus, went to Pilate and asked for the body. Pilate gave it him the body, and he put Jesus in a new tomb. He rolled his big stone in front of the entrance and went away. Now Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were watching, so they were witnesses. And the chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate and said, Sir, we will remember that he was, when he was still alive, the deceiver said, After three days I will rise again. So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, the disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people he had been raised from the dead. The last deception will be worse than the first. So they got a Roman guard, and they made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting the guard. So the bottom line is that the Jewish people believed that Jesus was a blasphemer and wanted to kill him. Their method of killing people was stoning. The Romans' method was crucifixion. They appealed to Pilate, and Pilate had him crucified. God raised him from the dead. We go back to Acts, and we see that in chapter 1. We also see in Peter's pronouncement on Pentecost in chapter 2, which I referred to a few minutes ago, he shared how God had raised Christ from the dead. So it's the juxtaposition of both of those is quite extraordinary. So Jesus is dead, but he tells the people three times in previous scriptures, that he would rise from the dead. So on Friday, verses 1 through 10 of chapter 28, we have the resurrection of Christ. Jesus is not here. He is risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. So the last chapter is about the resurrection, and we see the guards report how they made something up, how they made something up about Jesus' resurrection, Of course, no one believed in resurrection in those days. And then we have the final great commission. Verse 17. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Isn't that amazing that people still doubt? But some worshipped. Verse 18. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Jesus has all the authority. It's been given to him by the Father based on his obedience. Jesus' obedience to the Father. Go and make disciples of all nations. There's that famous verse, Matthew 28, 19. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to command everything, to obey everything I have commanded you. To obey everything I've commanded you. 
So Jesus is going to speak to them. Surely I will be with you to the end of the age. In Acts chapter 1, back to Acts chapter 1, he ascends into heaven and then he sends the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, Peter in the second half of Acts chapter 2 explains it. It explains what God has done by raising Jesus from the dead. And the Spirit now is given. And what we'll see in future weeks in Acts is how God is going to use the Holy Spirit. And the people that are transformed, notably Paul, but that's not until Acts chapter 9, with this extraordinary message. Okay? So, this is a great week for wonderful scriptures. The 16th chapter of Romans, the 24th chapter of Joshua, an explanation in chapters 2 and explanation in chapter 2 of Judges as to how God and why God raised up Judges, and then several Judges that we want to study in chapters 3 and 4, and then Deborah in chapter 5, and then we have the book of Acts, which I've referred to in chapter 1 and 2, and then Jesus' crucifixion and burial. That's a lot to think about for one week. Enjoy your reading. Take your time. Pray. Listen to what God says to you. Open the Scriptures read them aloud perhaps, listen to them, mark your Bible, mark scriptures you might want to go back and read, or scriptures you want to memorize, or concepts you want to think and pray about some more. Lord God, thank you for your holy word and holy people gathered together to hear it. May you abundantly bless everyone that reads the word of God in this particular week, the eighth Sunday after Pentecost. Bless each and every person. Draw us by your Spirit and give us your revelation and your understanding of your Holy Word. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. God bless you. And God bless you in your reading and your study and your prayer time and your quiet time as you pour over God's Word. And look forward to seeing you next week. Peace be with you.